everyone can see or hear me. Uh-oh. All right, I'm good. Shit. Okay, here we go. All right, Jeremy, I'm here. I can't hear you, but... I can't hear you. Nope. Yep. How's that? Better. Better? All yes. right. Okay. So we're going to do that again, folks. Welcome to Roundabout Sports presented by Interstate 70 Sports Media, where our passion is our profession. I am the maestro Jeremy Carp, alongside Parker Binia, the amazing Burt Sugar of Missouri, the sports historian maestro himself. Parker, how you doing this evening? I'm doing fine, and I'm giving Coke Zero Sugar a plug. You're giving Coke Zero Sugar a plug? I'm giving yep. ice water a plug. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. Um, folks, we are just one day away from opening day. I am excited. Go crazy, folks. Like, oh my gosh, we are all set. And Eddie, thank you so much for tuning in this evening. Glad to have you. Um... Folks, be sure to comment, like, subscribe. Tell us some of your favorite opening day memories. Now, Parker, you've been a baseball fan for a long time. I have to ask, have you ever been to an opening day game? I have been to an opening day game at three stadiums. Okay, and what stadiums might those be? Yankee Stadium, I would... The except the post nineteen seventy six version, I guess that would be considered two and yeah. Shea Stadium and Bush. All the right. Preview. Well, I'm aiming one day to still be able to go to an opening day at Bush Stadium, but as of now, it is yet to have happened. Um, I am looking forward to it. Um, that should be on every Cardinal fan's bucket list. I think. I think actually. Actually, the way opening day is at Bush, I think that should be on every baseball fan's bucket list, period. Exactly. And, Eddie, happy early birthday. We are so happy to hear that. So, And my, my birthday is the day after tomorrow. So, Okay. Well, happy early birthday to you, Parker. And, you know, anybody else who has a birthday coming up, happy early birthday to them as well. So later on, we're going to have John Poe, uh, sports writer, join us. And nice. we're going to preview a lot more with the Cardinals. But – First, okay, the Cardinals are the spring training winners, if you will. The winners of the Grapefruit League with a 17-7 and record. Parker, what did you think about the Cardinals over the course of spring training? I really don't put that much stock in spring training, to be honest with you. But I think I saw a lot of bright spots. I saw Matt's being the Stephen Matt's of old, the 
the 14 game winner that we signed. I saw, I saw a great world baseball classic. I mean, I know that's not officially part, part of spring training, but it took place during spring training. So I will consider that for all intent and purposes, spring training. And unfortunately, Jack wasn't, uh, well, Jack wasn't pretty much, <laughs> but yeah, but it was but, a really good, uh, it was a good world baseball classic. Um, and yes, of course, we talked about this on last week's episode, but I've seen uh, noodles on eBay. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, and of course the Cardinals will be facing off against the Toronto Blue Jays tomorrow. Um, as far as uh, opening day coverage goes, so the game will – all you need to know about opening day, the Amarin, the Amarin Total Access show will be starting at about 1 o'clock, 1.30, I believe. Yep. I know the introduction of the Cardinals via the, of course, the lovely Ford F-150 trucks – We'll start at 2.50. At 3 o'clock, um, we will have the multitude of national anthems. And was only two of them. at 3.05, first pitch will be by soon-to-be National Baseball Hall of Famer Scott Rowan to Cardinals Hall of Famer Matt Holliday. Nice. And um, I'm looking forward to, and of course, at 3.10 is when the game is going to start. But the gates open at noon. So for those wondering, and it's going to be a high of 67. It's going to be, you know, partly cloudy skies. It's going to be really nice wet weather out there. Um, yeah, fortunately, the uh, big washout is going to be on the day between games. So, <laughs> so uh, I know. I And um, let me, and I'll say this, like, I'm just so, I want to ask you, so we see what, uh, Eddie commented. He said he predicts Donovan hits the first home run for the Cardinals this season. Who do you see hitting the first home run? Nato. You see Nato hitting the first home run? Yeah. You know what? I'm just going to throw a bold one out there. I'm going Newt Bar. Ooh. I'm going to see because this is the projected starting lineup. So you got Edmund leading off. He'll be shortstop. O'Neill mm-hmm. will be center. You have Goldie and Arnado and Contreras. We all know where they're going to be playing. Yeah. Um, Newbar in left field. Batting six. Wow. Yeah. Um, a lot of people have – this is the projected starting lineup, so keep in mind things could always change. Um, they got Walker as DH as far as making his start. Mm-hmm. Um, Brendan Donovan at second base. And in right field, Dylan Carlson. Um, I'm guessing Newt, Newt's going to play left. Um, yes. So, okay. yeah, Newt's going to be the left fielder. So, I still think, you know, with, even with all those the, with those guys, I still think we have the best defense in baseball. I'm sorry, I. I mean, you've got you've got an infield made up entirely of Gold Glovers. Every I, one it is guys. crazy to think about. Yeah, I mean, every one of those guys has won a gold glove at one point or another in the course of their careers. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, what's on, on the other side of the state of Missouri, we got the Kansas City Royals who will be opening 
uh, tomorrow at Kauffman Stadium. So not only for yes, them is it opening day, but it's their home opener. Yep, against the Minnesota Twins. Yeah, um, the live cover. The team. Go ahead. You've got the team that um, you've got the team that currently resides in Kansas City against the team, the first team that forsook Kansas City. Yep. Which wins and... to be the Kansas City Blues or the Kansas City Cowboys in 1900. 1901, they moved east and became the Washington Senators. And then, of course, in 1961 or 19, yeah, 1961, they moved to Minnesota and became the Twins. Well, no, well, how about that? Um, we take a look, and as far as Royals coverage goes, and the live coverage starts at 2 p.m. on Bally Sports, Kansas City. Um, and that includes all the on-field ceremonies. First pitch is scheduled as well, just like for the Cardinals, at 310. Um, now, I want your take on this. Eddie says that Walker should be playing on the field, not basically off the bench. I mean, um, and quick side note, my dad said he's not only been to uh, an opening at the Old Bush Stadium, but... He's been one at Atlanta Fulton County Stadium when he lived down there for many years. So how about that? Yeah. And you know what? I agree, Jared. Look, Valley Sports, we don't know what the heck's going on with them. We we bet I guess for the most part, you might as well cherish them while they're here because they might they probably won't make it through the season. And then heaven knows. Well, they what'll said happen. they said I saw something about that this morning. They said they were going to televise. 150 games this year but bankruptcy bankruptcy the bankruptcy process takes a long time and they could be they could it could be months before that's all settled so in the meantime they are here yeah um so i'm also looking at this there's another sleeper that i'm really banking on for the cardinals doing well this year and that is Tyler O'Neill. Let me tell you something. Tyler O'Neill, believe it or not, in 2021, he finished eighth. Um, he finished eighth in the MVP voting. That's right. And hit 34 home not runs. Too yeah. And in the World Baseball Classic this year, he slashed 615 with an average, 722 and 769. And he was in the middle of the order and Absolutely, Jared. Tyler is, yes, he is. a big-time workhorse. Injuries have hurt him over the past couple seasons, but at the same time, when he's on, he is just on, yeah. on the ball, and he's a danger. That's another reason I give the Cardinals so much credit that they're in because, look, you think just having Goldschmidt, Arenado, and Contreras is, is like bad enough for the opponents. And, of course, you got the six foot five, two 270 Jordan Walker, who is – who's the next big thing for Major League Baseball. But then, of course, you've got yourself, your Lars Newbars, your Donovans, your Tommy Edmonds, your Tyler O'Neill's. Just from top to bottom, you talk about the defense being dangerous. Look at this team. Yeah, you've got, you've got the potential for almost 200 home runs from your starting lineup alone. Uh, yeah. And... Here's a question for you, Parker, sent in. Do you think Walker should be in the field or DHing to start off the season? I have kind of mixed emotions about that. I'd like to see what he can do 
in the field, but I don't. I also don't want to rush him. I want. I want him to be brought. I'm, he's in the show, but I want him to be brought along slowly. I don't want. I don't want to. I don't want to see too much pressure put on him. I think we will see him in the field plenty. But I think we will see him in the field plenty before the season is over. But for now, I don't mind the DHing at all. I think it's just a good way to really ease him into that's my playing. point. That's yeah. my point. So I don't see a problem with it. And I, I don't mind O'Neill playing center field. Uh Eddie disagrees. He played, I, the, I, he played it in the WBC and did a great he job. Did, he did a great job. And you know, it's too he says it's too big of an alpha. The thing of it is, there's a lot of speed out there between Newt Bar Carlson and O'Neill to cover enough ground. Oh, yeah. Um, so. And O'Neill, I've seen O'Neill hit. He can get down the line. So he, the the speed is definitely there. Yeah. Um, and now we're going to take a quick look at the projected bench for the Cardinals. Um, and this was just as, uh, this is actually as of, of a few days ago. So things obviously are subject to change. Um, so we have Andrew Kisner, you know, no doubt about it. Yeah, we have we get 95 uh, cents in spring training. Yeah. We have Nolan Gorman, probably one of the be better bats and fielders coming off the bench. You got Taylor Motter. Um, and you got Paul DeYoung. And... If he when he comes if he comes back from the IL, if he comes back from the IL and they still believe in him, otherwise they might just send him down to Memphis and keep him down there for a while. Still kind of a shame. I mean, the guy was an All Star four years ago, and it's yeah, but four years ago, I mean, that's like in the NFL when you say Lamar Jackson was an MVP three, you know, four years ago. It doesn't matter. He's regressed since then. And Paul DeYoung's regressed since then. And injuries have been the main reason. But, you know, what the Cardinals are in a win-now mode. You know, they've, they've set the tone when they called up Walker. They knew without yes. him playing a single AAA game, they know this is the chance. They know, they know um, that Mason Wynn is on the way. Yep, Mason Wynn is on the way. He'll be there before you know it. Um, Juan, you still got Yepes. Um, yeah, got Yepi. He's still, he's still, he's still at the ready when they need him. We got a question sent in from Jared, and folks, keep like I said, keep please keep sending in your questions for yeah. us. We always love answering them. So Jared asks, who will hit the most home runs this season for the Cardinals? His choices are either Arenado or O'Neill. I was just say it says Nolan or Tyler, but Nolan could also mean Gorman, but I don't think it's that one. Oh, I yeah. So Arenado basically, or or Tyler O'Neill. Nado. You think uh, Arenado? Yes, I do. While I think Tyler O'Neill will have a big bounce back year. Oh, he will. There's no doubt. About I don't. Him. I don't see him leading the team in home runs. Mm -hmm. I. I it. I can very well see um, Arenado leading the team. Um, and I expect about anywhere from 18 to 25 home runs out of Wilson Contreras, too. Um, like I said, I see Arenado getting close to, you know, over 30, 35-ish. 
Um, look at the old uh, baseball reference here. Let me put that up permanently or not. And but... while that is going, while Parker takes a look at that, um, folks, I'm going to bring him on now because we are in the heart of opening day being upon us, and he's been biting at the bits, just wanting to get uh, his thoughts in. So, folks. He's a writer from the Webster Journal. He's a longtime sports fan, and he's also written for STLCC Sports Online. And it's my pleasure to have him here on uh, Roundabout Sports this evening, presented by Interstate 70 Sports Media. Ladies and gentlemen, give a warm welcome to John Poe. How you doing, John? Doing well. How are you all? Doing fine, doing John. Thank right. you. That's good. Same here. I'm excited about opening day. Now, where is the Webster Journal located? Um, I attend Webster University. Oh, it's a student newspaper. Yeah. Okay. So, John, the, I want to take you back to – and see, here's here's kind of where I was getting at as well with Goldschmidt. A lot of people are saying Goldie will hit about 25 to 30. Yeah. But, John, um, John, I want to start with you on this. So – the question that Jared had asked was, who will hit the most home runs this season on the Cardinals? Um, uh, the consensus, for the most part, is Nolan Arenado. Wh where are you standing uh, on this? I think it will probably be Nolan Arenado. Why do Goldie? You, you got Goldie? Yep. How do you have a number on how many you think he'll get? I don't really know. I'm <laughs> guessing how many did he hit on last? Thirty-five last year. I think he hit thirty-six. Oh gosh, he's gonna go. I was gonna say in 158 games last year. Well, actually, uh, well, yeah, in um. He's only gone up because in 2021, he hit 31 home runs and 99 right. RBIs. Last year, he hit 35 home runs and 115 RBIs. Yep. So he's only his production's only gone way up. Uh, he's done yeah, a lot better with too. Hitting a season is 24. Um, oh, hang on one second. There we go. All right. All right. Everybody hear me clearly? Yes. Yes. Okay. Clear just making sure. Just making sure we're all clear as a bell here. I know there was a bit of an echo, apparently. So with that said, you know, we talk about some of the the looks that the Cardinals are getting heading into the season. And a lot of people are previewing what the division uh standings are gonna look like. And our friends over at Gateway City Sports actually gave their NL Central predictions. Uh -oh. And I'm going to – and I give them proper credit for um, – I mean, it's a beautiful done job. Allow me to delve into, as I put it on the screen – give me one second, gentlemen. Okay. All right. So we have here the – National League Central predictions, obviously, uh, yep. first place is on the left, and then you go all the way down, and let me take the banner off the bottom so you can actually see Josh's predictions as well. But the consensus here is 
the Cardinals are going to run away with the division. Now, Pete's obviously not much of a Cardinal guy, so <laughs> it's why he's in dead last. But, I mean, I can – I look at Ron and um, Derek's predictions, and those are the ones I, I usually seem to agree with. You know, I, I see the – I see the Brewers and the Cardinals really duking it out for the division. I Cubs think so, too. Do you think so as well? Parker, what do you think? I don't think the, they're going to duke it out. I think the Cardinals are going to win it, but I think I actually think the Cubs are going to finish second. You, you got the Cubs finishing second, okay. Yeah. Do you have the Brewers in third? Yes. All right, and then, then we come to our cellar dwellers. Who we got, Reds or Pirates? Reds. Reds. You got the Reds? Yeah, I got the yeah, Reds, too. Yeah, have some, I think the Pirates have some good talent on the horizon. I don't I think, see, And they had themselves I a pretty decent offseason. They do. Oh, I don't see that the Reds have Babs. done There she is. Hey, Babs, I don't see that the Reds have done anything to improve themselves. By the way, I'm sporting... One Nation. And by that. the way, Jared, uh, Babs misses you, and she's so happy that you're tuning in. <laughs> and, of course, you know, you two are the besties. So um, so I want to go into, again, a little as we're previewing here on Roundabout Sports, the 2023 Cardinals season as we get into opening day, which is on uh, March 30th, so tomorrow, yep, for, tomorrow. for those tuning in now. Um, so with – Wilson Contreras, obviously, he's the starter long term. He's he's the new guy, the hot hand. Um, and John, you got your brother in the division. Yep, and John, you got a fan as well. Babs tuning in, excited yep. to see you on. And of course, <laughs> besties with Jared. Anyway, I was gonna ask you guys. So, where does Andrew Kisner fit in this? I mean, how often do you expect him to get rotated in? to fill in for Contreras. I can see him having maybe 150 plate appearances. I don't see him. I see Contreras being the guy for at least 120 games. I think so, too. I see Contreras. I see him. Obviously, he's going to dominate this. I see him playing probably well over 145 games Ooh, that's yeah but actually i take it back i'm gonna go 135 i'm gonna i'm gonna go 135 is how many games behind the plate i see Contreras. um because the cardinals still don't have a solid situation to back up kisner no, they don't. is has not proven himself he's, he's obviously proven himself not to be the starter he, and meanwhile he was competing with herrera just to be the backup and obviously we're always glad you're tuning in and also we want to give a shout out i was able to speak with him uh earlier today to our friend hollywood james he's doing better he's getting better day by day and uh wanted to see if he was going to be able to make an appearance but he is a busy man and but we look forward to his triumphant return to the show um so with that, folks, we're still continuing here with our Cardinals pre opening day preview. And 
I had mentioned earlier before we had you on, John, that I feel like the Colonel that's going to have the biggest bounce back is going to be Tyler O'Neill. Where do you stand? Like, who do you think on the Cardinals will have the biggest bounce back? Can you repeat the the question again? Yeah. So, of all the Cardinals, like last year, that had their struggles, take the Cardinals yeah. who had off years last year. Who do you think is going to have a bounce back year? I think Tello Tello O'Neill will if he's um. If he's healthy. If Tyron O'Neill stays healthy, he'll be set to go. I, I agree. Um, I have two choices. Okay. I'm going to give a hitting – I'm going to give a field, a position player choice and a pitcher choice. My pit, my position player choice is O'Neill. We are unanimous – obviously we are unanimous on that. And my pitcher choice is Stephen Matz. Ooh. I can see that well, too. Stephen Matz. Why Stephen Matz? Well, like I said, he he we he was a fourteen year fourteen game winner the year before we signed him. He had he had a bit of a hard luck last year with injuries, but he looked solid this spring, and I think he could he has the potential to be the fourteen game winner he once was. As no. for go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. You go. As for leading the team in wins, I think it's going to be Miles. That's what I think too. And I go, and I'm going to say 18. You go 18, John. I'll go with 15. You'll go with for 15. Miles. I'm going 20. Ooh. I'm, I'm, I'm giving the 20 game winner to Miles Michaelis. Now, Jeremy going out on a limb. Now, we've talked about the batters for the duration of this evening, but now it is time to talk about the pitchers on the Cardinals. So we're going to start. Now, I understand, obviously, I know Adam Wainwright is starting the season on the IL. Yeah. And um, that is a huge blow to the team, especially for the from the leadership perspective. And in Wainwright, the morale. In the morale. In the morale. He had a great World Baseball Classic. Yes, um, he did. And, you know, this is just uh, devastating to hear that he's going to miss time. But we got we're, – we're going to, for the sake of the argument, include him in this starting rotation. So you got Adam Wainwright. You got your opening day starter, to, uh, which is Miles Michaelis. You got your uh, season-saving last year lefty, Jordan Montgomery. You got Jack Flaherty. Yeah. And then you got the guy that uh, Parker feels is going to really have the big bounce back year, and that's Steven Matz, another lefty. Um, you know, it's and it seems pretty well set from the beginning. This was going to be who it is. Now well, we got Woodford too. Yep, Woodford too. Yeah, we got Woodford's not. I don't see him. I was going to say Woodford's going to be the fill-in, but I don't see him. Um, yeah, being I mean, the, we got him. We've got him on the opening day roster. Is what I meant. I don't. I don't think oh have yeah. Duration. Right. He'll be, he'll be filling in for Wayno. Well, well, we look at the um, options from the bullpen. I mean, obviously, you got and the bullpen's looking really good too. You got uh, Helsley. Obviously, will be your closer this year, and hoping that he starts this year better than how he ended last year. I think you will. 
Yeah, so do Injur- I. Injuries, ju- I, they shouldn't have played them in Pittsburgh. I agree. They, there was no reason to have them in the last series in the of the year when the when you had your playoff spot secured, um, and you could see the damage was done by the time he went and faced off against the uh, against the Phillies in the wild card series. Now you got Gallegos, yeah. you got Palante, Andre Palante, you got you also Jordan. Had not a bad classic. No. A lot. That's the thing. The Cardinals probably had the most successful baseball classic of all the teams, and it's not just I know they because did. it's not just because they're the most represented, but it was just because the guys that were there really shined. Um, Andre Pallante shined for Team Italy. Um, you know, you have uh, Jordan Hicks, you have uh, Genesis Cabrera, um, Chris Stratton, Drew Verhagen, and then well, he uh, did look well too. Yeah, they're you know, looking I, really I well. See, I see um, on a lot of the Facebook groups, people don't like him, Verhagen. I don't know why. What? I, I don't know the reason behind it. But we also, I wanted to finish with our bullpen. We got Wilking Rodriguez, and we got our uh, lefty in Zach Thompson. And, and these are the ten. Yeah, he's gonna be a setup man. Well, these tie these ten relievers are going to be the ones that are going to get the bulk of the action over the course of the season for the Cardinals. I think Wilking. I think Wilking is on the injured list right now. Yep, he, he is. is on the injured list. Yeah, he's currently on the injured list, but uh, yeah. Let's see. Where was I going to go? Oh, yeah. And usually teams will go through about twenty plus relievers. Um. Now you talk about Zach Parker. You talk about Zach Thompson being the uh, and there's the uh, one of the biggest geniuses in the history of professional wrestling himself, Herb Simmons of SICW. And Herb, uh, it's great to have you on as, as always. Yeah. Um, from Southern Illinois Championship Wrestling, great TV program and a great promotion. Um, but I also wanted to bring up for the Cardinals, as I was saying, you, you look at the Setup man slash closer situation last year, which was Helsley and Gallegos. Now, Parker, you said Thompson is going to be the setup man in your eyes. Yes. Why not stick with Gallegos? I like Gio. I really do. But Gio had a really disastrous outing in his last classic game against Japan. Yeah. I mean, Mexico, Mexico had that game won. And then their bullpen went south. John, what do you think? Who would you go as for the setup man for Ryan Helsley? Hmm. Thompson, probably. Yeah. You're going to probably go with Thompson? Yeah. Okay. I like Thompson's stuff. The the re the only reason I would consider see this is how I like it. I like having a lefty uh Same woman here. before a righty. Excuse me. Um and the problem is out of the ten guys I named, there's only two lefties, Cabrera and Thompson. And Cabrera is definitely not gonna be the setup man um for the Cardinals. Um 
I, so, think he, I think he's I like Hennessy, but I just I think he's too inconsistent. Yeah, he's very inconsistent. Um, so I can see Thompson, but I think it could also very well be Gallegos again. They're going to give mm-hmm. him probably another shot. Um, now in 2022, all three of uh, as far as Woodford, Stratton, and Thompson, they all finished with sub three ERAs in 2022. The problem is only one of them logged more than 35 innings, and that was Woodford. Um, now, I do think also with Wainwright on the IL, they're going to get expanded roles. Uh, you know, when oh, all fairness to Stratton, he didn't get here till later in the year. Well, yeah, Stratton was the uh, was part of the mid, was a trade. You know, can call it trade package. trade. Yep. Yeah. So um, now I wanted to talk about some of the prospects that the Cardinals still have. That okay, we know. Um, it goes without saying about Jordan Walker, the most hyped up Cardinal since Oscar Tavares. Mm. He is the youngest Cardinal position player to make his debut for the Cardinals since um, David Green, I believe, when he was a yeah. rookie. Yeah, that's right. And he's the youngest early Cardinal, 80s. right? It's in the early 80s. And I know he's the youngest Cardinal since Rick Ankiel, um to make his debut. Now, okay, we, we got to just say it. And, yep, we are talking about baseball. I know dude doesn't like it, but we got, we're got we talking about uh, lovely pastime baseball here. Uh, so I want to go through – I want to ask you guys, what is the bold prediction you have for Jordan Walker this season? I say 25 homers, 75 RBIs, and a 280 batting average. Okay, John? I think 20 home runs with 65 RBIs. I'm going to go with about – I'm going to go for about 20 home runs. I think that he will get 25 stolen bases. Oh, it's going to be a 2020 man. Yep. I think he's going to be a rare 2020 man. And I think he's going to hit 285 and make the all-star team. Ooh. I, I think, think he's going to be a great season. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think he has a, a very great shot at the Roy. At the I Rookie agree. Year award. Um, I mean, in 2022, when he was with Double A uh, down in Springfield, he had 19 home runs and 22 stolen bases. So he was already one home run shy of the double double, yeah. or the 2020, I should say. Yeah. Um, now, this brings up the question: We look at some of these other guys. What happens with Alec Burleson? He's not on the opening day. He's not on that starting roster to open the season, and he's not on the bench either. Where is he? <laughs> um, he is the, currently down in Memphis. And Man, he was supposed to he was projected to make the team. What happened? Uh, yeah, I this is you know, I look at it and uh, I don't know. I I feel like he personally disappointed last season. I know he's a rookie, but at the same time I feel he disappointed. Um 
in many ways and did not provide much of a spark at all for the offense. And the offense was struggling as much as it is and it was, was anyway. Um, so we have the Alec Burleson situation. He, he struggled in 53 plate appearances. I mean, he's now in triple a last year, he hit 331 with 20 home runs. Yeah. But he hit less than 200 when he was on the big leagues. Then you've got the situation with Ivan Herrera where he only batted 22 times and he only got two hits and he struck out in 36% of his at-bats. Now, you know, that that right there tells you why Andrew Kisner's the backup and not Ivan Herrera. Herrera's not ready. Um, And, you know, people thought that if the Cardinals weren't going to make a splash in free agency for Molina's replacement, they thought, okay, well, if Kisner would be the starter, then Herrera's the backup, you know. Once they got Contreras, it goes without saying that um, Herrera was going to be the odd man out yet again, and he was going to be sent yep. down to the minors. So um, does that make him trade bait now? This is the problem, and this is the thing I have an issue with. You can't put a struggling player as trade as trade. I agree. Yeah. Just because the guy isn't a starter, or just because he was sent down to AAA, doesn't make DeYoung is not trade bait. You can't be. You can't go out there and be like, here, I'll trade you Paul DeYoung and Ivan Herrera for you know mm-hmm. this you know such and such guy who has a lot of potential ahead of him. Because what has Herrera and DeYoung shown over the past three seasons? Well, Herrera obviously did nothing last year, and DeYoung struggled the past three seasons. I don't think you could get a bucket of baseballs for Paul DeYoung right now. I agree. Well, yeah, you really can't. And, you know, it's sad to say because he is a very passionate ball player, but it's yeah, just he, he struggled so much. But what do and, you do with him? What do you do with him? Do you eat the contract and charge more for hot dogs? What? I mean, you're at the point where you almost are going to – because if you trade him, teams are going to want you to eat some of the contract. I know they would. They're not going to, nobody is going to just single handedly take on Paul DeYoung's contract. No. So, so what you're going to have to do is take on a big chunk of it, if not all of it. And then when the contract's up, either release them or if somebody, you know, if somebody trades for him, you make sure you get something out of it. It's not going to be a blockbuster deal if it has Paul DeYoung in it. No. I mean, do do you DFA him? You you might have to if he doesn't improve in yeah, Triple A. You might have, have to. to. Now, so, so we're not going to have a choice. You're you're honestly kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place with Paul DeYoung. Um, brings up my next name that the honestly the final name I have here as far as prospects, um, Matthew Libertor. The floor is yours, guys. What's where's he going? What's he doing? I say we keep. I say we keep him. We keep him. Keep him at Memphis, and if we, you know, we if we need him during the middle of the year, he's he's at the ready. I agree. You know, I the it's funny. The four prospects I named, three of them struggled when they debuted last year. The other one was the guy that didn't debut in Jordan Walker. Right. Um, I look at Libertor, and once again, like I said, he struggled. But 
I think he has a more important and how do I how do I put it? Secure he has an role with the team. Well, he has upside, but he also has a more secure role with the team. Because mm-hmm. there's so many there's so many badgers you can substitute instead of like a guy like Burleson or Herrera. But if a pitcher goes down, Libertor is basically the first one that'll be at the phone be, being rung up there. Yeah. Um yep. so I don't know. I feel like the pitchers pitcher spot is a lot more secure to stay within this organization than it would be for guys like Burleson. Herrera. And at this point, hell, the only reason DeYoung is still secured with this organization is the contract. Yeah. That's, if, they, if they didn't take that is so the much money... That is the consensus opinion. I agree. Yeah. Um, and I look at uh, the Cardinals rosters. So we take a look at the payroll... Yeah, excuse me. We look at the payroll salary for... The 2023 Cardinals. Mm. Um, as far as the adjusted salary, I look at guys like Paul Goldschmidt. There's only two players on the Cardinals that are making over $20 million a year. Miles Michaelis and Paul Goldschmidt. Um, and what Nato? As, Nato, is- uh, Nato is at $13 million. This is the adjusted salary. Oh. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going by the base. Yeah, base salary, oh, we are, yeah, it's it's a lot different because Arenado's at 35, Goldschmidt's at 22, Michaelis is at 18. So, yeah, for the record, I'm going strictly off the adjusted salary percentages here. Um, okay. Now, we go to the injured list. Uh, of course, um, Adam Wainwright's making 18 and a half mil adjusted. Paul DeYoung is making $9.1 million wow. adjusted this year. Wow. He's 29, and he's 29 years old. Um, and that is 8% of the entire payroll of the Cardinals. And people want to see people may not time. think is a lot of money, but yeah. what's that? And people want to sign Shohei Itani? Say Parker? <laughs> Well, at the same time, I'd rather take a Shohei Otani over Paul DeYoung. And I feel like with some restructuring, yeah, but if you can restructure and retool, look, I'm not saying that it's in the realm possibility. The most fun thing about, one of the most fun things about the WBC was seeing Newt Bar always hanging out with Otani and people getting on the hype train about him recruiting him the same Yeah, But was he really? I thought, I mean, hell, wouldn't you? Yeah, (laughs) I I would if I had Exactly. See, that's the thing. Now I look at the base set. We'll go, we'll do base salaries, you know, make it a little easier. So the base salary um, for new bar, if I can actually even find it, I don't even see his uh, base salary. I don't think, I think it's because of his. Um, he's under team control. Thing. I think because he's, yeah, he's under team control. That's why. Um, so. The guy, all right, as far as players that aren't necessarily under the team control that have base salaries, um, this is according to Sport Track. Uh, Andrew Kisner is the one that makes the lowest amount base salary with uh, one, uh, excuse me, with 1.1 million. Obviously, um, Arenado fitting a lot of people can make a decent living on 1.1 million dollars a year, yeah, they could, yeah. yeah. Um, you can make a decent living off Arenado's, uh. 35 million too. 
Um, yeah, 35 lifetimes. Right. So I want to go to Arunato quickly. And it's funny because, okay, so when the Cardinals traded for Nolan Arenado, they got five, the Rockies got five prospects in return. And Gomber, who was major league ready. Yeah, and Gomber. Yeah. So they sent, so the Cardinals sent uh, Austin Gomber, Aluris, Montero, Mateo Gill, and Jake Summers. And as well as, um, so, yeah, excuse me, uh, and Tony Losi. Now, Losi already just got traded to the uh, Rockies. So, meanwhile, they also lost uh, Mateo Gill in the winter to the Rule 5 draft in the minors. Yep, they did. So, uh, now, Montero and Gomber are expected to be huge parts of this team. Goes without saying. But at the same time, you j if you're from the perspective of the Rockies, just realize how much you've screwed yourselves. Yeah, you got, they got fleeced. Yep. They got fleeced, but they have nobody to blame but themselves. Exactly. Like, and it's fun. It's funny because, you know, Arnado nearly got the MVP last year. He made yep. his seventh All Star game, his tenth consecutive Gold Glove. He hit 293, 30 homers, and 103 RBIs. And he got and a, a platinum, platinum glove. glove. Yeah, you're absolutely did. right. Now let, let, let's take a look at Tony Losi uh, for a second. So when he was in Double A. Before he, you know, last year, he he went with a twelve point one one ERA in thirty five innings. Holy cow! So one of five players that you send to the Rockies hits or pitches a twelve ERA in Double A. He doesn't get any higher than Double A either. He didn't go to Triple A, and he definitely didn't make a big league debut. And now he's with the Rays, and they got for cash considerations and I think a prospect. So you're already down to three players. Yep. You're, you know, you get 50 mil, but you don't know how to spend it right. Um, the There's a reason they are at the bottom of the barrel. That's why I'm surprised the Diamondbacks somehow are even worse. You know, it, it just amazes me. Um, I look at. Yeah, we fleeced them too from when we yeah. got golden. Yeah, fleeced the Diamondbacks too. Now, um, and, and Goldie still has a great deal because he only takes up 17% of the team's payroll. The Cardinals, to their credit, have a balanced out payroll as to where, like, Michaelis, Arnado. Um, um, so they are, their active payroll based on base salary is 162 million. And that ranks us just about in the middle. Yeah, we're in the middle as far as payroll. I know people talk about us being at the bottom. We're we're, we're in the not middle. At the bottom by any means. I mean, and I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't. I don't want to just spend, spend, spend for the sake of spend, spend, spending. I mean, the Cardinals are very prudent with their money, and that in the it long will. can be a good thing. Yeah, um, and I feel, and I think that's why, yeah, you know, and this isn't calling you out, I promise. But I think this is one side of why you don't think Otani would ever come to St. Louis because of what it would take to get him monetary wise. 
Um, And I mean, it was a big enough acquisition to get Wilson Contreras this off season. I mean, if we, if we, like you said, if we could restructure the deal or restructure a few contracts and make it possible for Otani to come here, I'm all for it. Same here. Well, and then think of the money you save, though, when if say this is Wainwright's last year, mm-hmm. you know, Wainwright has an $18.8 million contract and he's gone, you know, that clears up room right there. Then DeYoung is um, gone. That's 27 mil. Yeah, DeYoung's gone. It is. So that right there is a big chunk of change that you just cleared up. Um, and and like I said, it's all the pure speculation. We just throw out there the, the possibility of an Otani to St. Louis, but that's just neither here nor there. Um, so I want to drift now to a little bit of what's going on at the interesting situation going on as far as the Royals opening day goes. Because like I said, they're facing the Twins um, uh, at Kauffman Stadium. And I look at their open... There is... Excuse me. I look at their um, roster. Obviously, you got... First off, you want to talk about a team that knows how to get some catchers depth perfectly it's the kansas city royals in my opinion because you got salvador perez obviously it's your starter future hall mm-hmm. at the rate he's going you got mj melendez and then you got a uh, freddie Furman. um salvi and mj both played in the classic yep they Salve. did and in spring training freddie Furman hit 292 for the royals so you know right there and this is this is per, Salvi's twelfth season behind the plate, mm-hmm. um, and he's this is a young team, one of the youngest in baseball, and he is the leader. Um, you know, they're going to be good a few years down the road. I really, I do think that. I it's going to take time. Yeah, it's going to take. Well, it's time. not going to be tomorrow, the, but no. And I think, but I think the projections that they're giving them, like a lot of them, a lot of these analysts, like USA Today, predicted them at I think sixty-five and ninety-seven. And I don't see it that low. No, me neither. That's what they were last year. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, you know, I think the reason last year was so bad was just because their pitching was atrocious. It was at the bottom of the league. Mm-hmm. You know, they averaged over a 4.0 ERA. Yep, they did. And, you know, I look at, first off, I look at who their um, infield is. You got Vinny Pasquantino. You first got base. Michael Massey at second. Um and you Who's got Hunter Dozier. Oh yeah, okay. Shorts shortstop is uh Bobby Witt Jr. And yeah, I in the classic. Huh? He played he was on the USA WBC yeah. team as a third baseman. Yep, he was. Yeah, and they because he is able to rotate around. Well, I look at Bobby Witt Jr. and you know, I say I see how he did last year, you know, and I see him going nowhere else but up. Last year, this is um, – see, I think the reason is also Aldoberto Mondesi got traded to the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. They were sick of his injury issues, and they traded him. And want to know the ironic thing, guys? 
is the fact that Mondesi is on the 60-day IL already with Boston. Oh, my God. He's yeah, actually yeah, Robert, so Mondesi's I'm, I'm already sure, done. Robert Marcello, my, part, the, my partner on my other baseball show, is loving that. <laughs> exactly. I know he Robert will definitely enjoy that. And um, I know you're being facetious too. <laughs> exactly. And so now Bobby Witt will get the full reins at shortstop. He's only 22 years old. Uh -huh. His rookie his rookie year was just phenomenal because well, and he hit 20 home runs, 80 RBIs, 254, and then was in, he the Roy? Was he the AL Roy? Um, I do not believe he was the AL Roy. Okay. Actually, yeah, wait, let me. I do not believe so. No, he was not. I don't think he was. Um, I didn't think he was. I just, I was just asking. No. Um, and in spring training, he had 345. Yeah. You know, and he had a good um, And then when he played. <laughs> now, now, this is what, what I enjoy most. Remember, I was talking about Melendez being the backup catcher? Yes. He's also an outfielder. Yep, he is. So now in your outfield, you got MJ Melendez, Kyle Isbell, Nate Eaton, and Edward Olivieres. Mm -hmm. So a group of young guys. You're when your backup catcher doesn't have to like you're not wasting Melendez's talent because if he's not having to back up Salvi for any reason, he's going to be in the outfield starting. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say too uh, about Bobby Witt, Bobby Witt Jr. Uh, the the announcers on the WBC kept talking about his speed. They kept saying he was the fastest man in baseball. He is considered to be one of the fastest, um, and I expect his stolen base total to go up this season. Um, I like Nicky Lopez and Matt Duffy off the bench. Now this is where we get to what's usually been the Royals' kryptonite the past you know, five years, basically. And basically, every year since they won the World Series. Um, and John had to step away for a second. Um, but oh, well, that's um, right. so we take a look at Zach Grinke, Brady Singer, Jordan Lyers, or Lyles, Daniel Lynch, and Brad Keller. Overall, I think that's a really strong um, rotation. Mm -hmm. I feel that... You know, that puts the Royals in good position. Granky, this could, I mean, this could very well be Granky's last year, too. Yeah, we'll talk right. about is he's nearing a lot, he's nearing a lot of milestones of his own. Um, but I, expect I think it was the Mexico game, I'm not sure, but I think that was the one game in the WBC where Brady Singer got the yips. Yeah. And it just, ugh, it didn't get much better from then on. And for those wondering, um, yeah, so actually John's phone guy, John Poe, who tuned in, he said his Oh, he was on oh he was on his cell phone with us? I didn't realize that. Yeah, he was on his cell phone with us, and that's okay. We we're just grateful to have him on in any way, shape, yeah. or form. Hopefully he has a charge and is able to come back. Um, he'll keep me posted. But nevertheless, folks, as we get closer to the hour mark here on uh on roundabout sports thank you so much i'm the maestro jeremy carp alongside parker our lovely historian in the burt sugar missouri we are getting so excited for opening day 2k23 um whether you're on the west side cheering on the kansas city royals or on the east side of missouri cheering on the st louis cardinals 
or in mid Missouri cheering on both. Or yeah, or in mid Missouri cheering on both. Or hell, if you're in the north side of Chicago and south side of Chicago <laughs> cheering on the Cubs and White Sox. Um, but you know, I also look at the predictions overall for the American League Central. I had the Guardians winning their division, bar none. Cleveland, I have winning the American League Central. I have the Twins finishing second. And going I have, you're going. What's that? I said I have the Twins finishing second and going to the postseason. Okay, you have them going to the postseason. Um, believe it or not, I actually have the Royals finishing third. I think they'll so finish above the. I have the White Sox finishing fourth, and then the Tigers dead last. I don't know why. I just I think the White Sox are a mess. They well, they are a mess. They're a mess of an organization, and the and the thing of it is, they had too much talent. Then they went out and got Tony Larusa, who God love Tony. You know, one of the greatest managers of all time, Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer, but had no business being back managing. No, he shouldn't. Have. He should have just stayed. Wait. Gone. I, I his I last love, game I managed. Yeah, should no reason. Just stayed gone. Yeah, and now you know it caused so much friction in the locker room. The players were struggling. So, yeah, that's where we're at with in that section. Um, so I take a look as far as the Cardinals though. So we talked about you and I, and as well as John, but all predicted that the Cardinals would, um finish first in the division how many wins you thinking 90 at least i'm, I'm saying you got the cardinals 90 at 90 wins okay well 90, i got 90 and 95 i got the cardinals at 93 wins and i got the royals at about 78 to 81 i was gonna say 80 to 81 but okay yeah i got them right at the line of 500 or higher um, or right or below, I should say, right near. Or below. They are good enough to finish at or just above 500. I, I think I really think the hitting that. is it's just a matter of it, the pitching. And you know what? I think the fact I will tell you the they got rid of probably the biggest struggling pitcher on their team um, as far as on the starting rotation. And that's Chris Bubik. And oh, yeah. oh my gosh, in 2020, let me put it this way: 2021, he was six and seven and had a 4.43 ERA. Right. Well, in 2022, I'm not making this up, Parker. He was three and thirteen, right? With an ERA of 5.58. And I remember one of his meltdown games was against us. Yeah. Um. And in 2020, or in 2020. He was one and six with a four point three two ERA. His career is ten and twenty six with a four point eight nine ERA. He's twenty five years old, so there is time to you know bounce back. Yeah, but there's... it's just uh, no, it was bad. So, and what do you what do you see for Graceffo and Hence? That is, mm. Graceffo had a pretty bad spring. Yeah. Tink, um, Tink, was pretty, Tink was pretty good this spring. He was. I, I feel that um, 
shoot, that's a good question, honestly, with Grisesso. I, I see him thriving in the minors this year, having a good bounce back. I don't see him seeing any real major league action at all. Not this year, um, no. O- no, only if injuries really begin to pile up, and I pray to the good Lord above they don't. Um, so next year, I could I see it where he gets an expanded role. Um, but so much of this season is reliant on the Cardinals' ability to close out games that are left open. See, the biggest problem with the Cardinals last year was they'd score 10 runs one game, and then they wouldn't be able to score 10 runs over the next five games. Yeah. And they would rely on – see, there might not have been a team that had more wasted, solid starting performances than the Cardinals in 2022. Right. There was a lot of solid outings that were blown because the pitchers just couldn't – or I'm sorry, because the hitters just couldn't score runs for these guys. They would lose 2 to nothing or – Three to one, you know, or four to two, like or four to one. It's like, and it's like, and then, then a few games later, they'd come back and win like sixteen to four. Yeah, and then same old repeat. Remember June in June where Cardinals completely forgot how to score runs. Yeah, it was the same way. Agonizing twenty one against the Braves. You know, we they would just get shut out every game almost you know you were just wondering when they would get something going and they couldn't i mean i remember Um, june of 2021 we real that was the that was the month that jack flaherty went down yes and we really imploded i don't think we won 10 games that whole june i mean we were we were under 500 in june of 2022 but it, it wasn't quite as bad no, it wasn't. They were able to quit. I think, you know, the past two years, and this is something that I don't see happening this year, but this is something that's happened the past two years, and it's the reason the Cardinals were in the playoffs. They were able to get two left-handed pitchers to save their ass. Mm-hmm. 2021, it was John Lester and J.A. Happ that saved right. them. 2022, it was Jordan Montgomery and Jose Quintana. Mm-hmm. And what now? Jose Quintana now. Yeah, and, He's on the you know, of nice. course, well, Quintana's gone. I was going to say, Quintana's gone from the team. Yeah, he's on the injured list with the Mets. And he's on the injured list with the Mets, yeah. But I was going to say that, like, you know, Lester and Happ are retired. Um, and then um, Montgomery's still with the team. And I like, I like I like Gumby. Big fan of, yeah, exactly, big fan of him. Of Monty, and I look at how it was a solid trade. Nobody fleeced anybody. Bader finds a new home. Hopefully, his plantar fasciitis gets better and he's able to succeed with the Yankees. Yeah, and he actually um, moved only 11 minutes from Yankee Stadium. Yeah, so honestly, yeah, he can't went do, home literally. He, he literally went home. Um, and so I look at and then Montgomery. Wasn't given a chance to shine, and he was a huge reason the Cardinals made it to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So, and he had a nice performance his last outing this spring. Yeah, he really did. A lot of this season is going to depend on. There are two players that come to mind, and it's uh, Jack Flaherty and Stephen Matz. And yes, that's, that's two fifths of the whole rotation right there. Yes, Flaherty, the Cardinals have been so patient with Flaherty. The difference is from a guy, you have your Alex Reyes's, 
Mm-hmm. And then you have your Jack Flaherty's. The difference between the two is Flaherty didn't do some of the dumb stuff that Alex Reyes did. Flaherty is extremely talented and is trying to get back in the game, but injuries keep piling up. But he has that potential to be the future ace of this Cardinals team. Yes, he does. And And that's what they've embraced him as and what they believe he'll be. Now, another thing with him, people keep saying, oh, he wants to leave St. Louis. Oh, he wants out. Yada, 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 blah, 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 and crap. No. When has he ever said this? When have those words ever issued forth from Jack's lips? Exactly. It, it hasn't. And you know, that's my point. But, you, can uh, express, you can express frustration with the team, but not want out. You yeah. Know? And, he's and never said, he I want out. No, he hasn't. And But people keep saying, he wants out of St. Louis, yada, yada, yada. No. He so there's also one pitcher, and I want your thoughts on where we're going with this. Okay. Dakota Hudson. Is he the Paul DeYoung of pitching? I'm afraid so. I hate to say it. I lo- I've always liked Dak. I like I liked I liked the Dak and Jack attack we had a few years ago. <laughs> it was just, Yeah, it just, because it was um, a marketing thing. I'm sorry. Well, and the thing of it is, once again, another guy with potential, but then Hudson, he didn't know he Hudson to me is fitting for the bullpen because he can actually pitch three innings. It's after that he can't pitch. He hasn't been the same since the Tommy John. No. You either bounce back from Tommy John surgery or you don't. Wainwright bounced back from it. Hudson twice. has not. Yeah. Wayne Wayne will bounce back from it twice. He did. And you either bounce back or you don't. And Wainwright has and Hudson hasn't. And exactly. I'm, and hell, even Tommy John himself bounced back from it. Yep. Um, so I mean, you should be you should be in the Hall of Fame on that alone. I definitely agree. I mean, come on, like but he does I, have Hollywood numbers. He does have Cooperstown worthy numbers. Yeah, Tommy that too. Um so heading into the season. You know, okay, we're since now tomorrow is opening day, or I guess I'll just say the 2023 season's upon us. Yep. Given whenever somebody tunes into this episode, how do you grade the Cardinals offseason? And this includes spring training and the performances of the World Baseball Classic, everything that involves the Cardinals since the season ended last year. All right. I'm going to go from – I'm going to take into consideration Nato opting in, signing Wilson Contreras, mi- missing out on uh, Pablo Lopez, and spring training in the WBC. I'm going to give everything an overall grade of B+. Hmm. I think we could have made a bigger splash in the free agent signings, but we got Wilson. We got we've got Nato for five more years. We were our guys were excellent in the WBC, and we had plus we had that record in spring training. I'm going to go B plus. So I am. 
Okay. I'm going to look at it. It goes without saying the biggest addition is the addition of Wilson Contreras. And I don't consider the loss of Corey Dickerson is in, in like imperative as other people will. I don't either. I mean, I've, I'm, but I'm, I do I'm, consider the loss of the truth. Yeah, but I do consider the loss of Jose Quintana huge. Because Steven Matz, while he's a lefty and while he was – he's still an experiment that hasn't paid off for the Cardinals. He's an aging veteran. And at the same time, he's – like I said, he's he's uh, been injured the past season and a half. So I'm going to take a look. Taking care of the lineup. If I was to take care of the lineup, I would give them an A. They oh, got the, the lineup. You mean the lineup, mean the lineup we're going to have tomorrow? Yeah, or even the, just who they would have in general, because there's not really many bad lineup combinations you can have mm-hmm. for this team. You know, you bring back all your core guys, and you replace a Hall of Fame, a future Hall of Fame catcher with a catcher where if he keeps up his pace, he can make an argument for the Hall of Fame as well. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not many guys you could have upgraded from from Yadier Molina. No, than Wilson Contreras. Um, no, I think Wilson Contreras was probably last year. I'm going to say this: Wilson Contreras was probably the best catcher not named Yadier Molina. But this is where I think the problem comes in: is the pitching. I'm going to give the Cardinals about a B minus because I'll give them a B. Well, let's see. A B's. Higher than a B minus. I'll give them a flat B because. Um, I mean, overall, or they're pitching. I'm going overall. Oh, okay. Because, well, I'm going because no, because I do feel I would go B minus C plus for the pitching because losing Quintana is uh, like massive, and I will take as far as batting. I'll go A. I'll even it out and make it a a, a flat B for the Cardinals as a whole this offseason. Um, well, the batting is why I gave him the B plus, but the pitching I'd go B minus C plus. Um, and to me, you have so many dangerous hitters in the national league central. Hell, you have so many dangerous hitters in the national league. Yes. Some of the most dangerous lineups are in the national league, the Mets, the Padres, Phillies, Phillies, then, you know, um, Braves and the the Dodgers, Dodgers. So and these are guys that you're going to be now you're going to be facing these teams and you're going to be expecting guys like Flaherty and Steven Matz mm-hmm. um and you know honestly until Wainwright comes back you know Woodford or somebody to fill in now i i still have the utmost of confidence in the cardinals i think they can make a deep playoff run so do i I think it's fair to say if I were to do a power rankings in Major League Baseball heading into the season, I'd put them in the top 10 easily. They, Yeah, most most of the services are doing just that. Um, but I would, go, I would go top seven. Yeah, I mean, I, there's just justifiable question marks that do make me concerned when you look at this division. Or I'm sorry, in this league, let alone the division. Mm-hmm. 
I got no issue thinking the Cardinals are going to win the division. I have an issue thinking the Cardinals are going to win a pennant if they don't stay healthy, Like, which is right. the past couple right. seasons they haven't. I mean, if they stay healthy, they can make a deep postseason run. Oh, absolutely. Because I feel like the Dodgers haven't quite lived up to their hype. I think if the Dodgers don't – if the, I'm telling you right now, if the Dodgers don't produce results, Dave Roberts is gone. Yeah. And uh, uh, Eddie says, Parker, he thinks Wilson bats two next. Any any uh, though on that? So two in the lineup, I'm guessing. I think um, yeah, I think he means two in the batting order. I I can see that. I can I can actually see that. You can see him at why the two spot though. I don't know, but well, this is the thing. I've always felt that the first two guys in the lineup need to be guys that can get on base and have speed. Yeah, the table setters. That's right. And and the heart of the order is the guys that drive them in. That's why you had your Tony Womacks and Edgar Renterias that would be driven in by Pujols, Rowan, and Edmonds. Now, is Edmonds our leadoff guy? I'm I'm wondering if they're thinking they use that the 9-1 as that double leadoff. That could work, too. That's Tommy Edmond. That's no, what Tommy Edmond has to be the leadoff guy. Yeah, Tommy Edmond has to be the one come opening day. Now is Donovan um, nine guy. Donovan could be nine. Yeah, so you got Donovan and Edmond, your double leadoff guy. Yeah, but then you know what? Put Contreras at seven. Put Walker at eight. I think they're they are putting Walker at eight. So hell, you could put O'Neill. O'Neill's got some speed. You could put him the nine guy. Yeah, so there it's a well-balanced lineup, but at the same time, it all revolves around Goldschmidt and Arenado's ability to drive them in. Mm-hmm. It's the job of the other uh, seven to get on the bases, and it's going to be the job of guys like – and honestly, it's sooner later than later, it's going to be Jordan Walker in that same conversation because, this, I mean – Maybe not crazy. this year, but – Maybe not no. this year. I, I just look, we gotta realize Jordan Walker is the long-term guy for the Cardinals based off the investments they've made and the patience they've had. They didn't rush Jordan Walker even when people begged Mosaloc to bring him in. He's been patient and careful and methodical with it. And now Jordan Walker is gonna be making his debut at Bush Stadium as for as a member of the St. Louis Cardinals organization. He didn't even have to play a single game in Memphis. And to think there's three prospects in baseball that were even ranked higher than him. Mm-hmm. So and where was Wynn ranked? Mason Wynn was ranked, I believe, 17th. That's that's not bad. That's still not bad. Mason Wynn was not, yeah, I was gonna say Mason Wynn was still, I believe, a top 25 prospect. Um, and he did a phenomenal, you know, Mason Wynn, I think a year or two down the road is gonna be his turn to come up. Yeah, you know, I mean, he he could be that he could be part of that nine-one double every year. The Cardinals are going to be bringing up one or two more guys that they've been building up in the minors, and it's going to be. And this is in a weird and you know, I hate to take a page out of your historical book style, but it is kind of the branch tricky way because thank you, it's his way of churning out new players every single year over a period of time. The dollar sign on the muscle, right. 
as opposed to teams that now I think people do uh, get um, upset because look, the Cardinals haven't won the World Series since 2011. They haven't been been to the World Series since 2013. They're better on paper than what the finishing of their seasons indicates. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, the, Yankees haven't, the Yankees haven't won a World Series since 2009. Yeah, and... I don't think they've been to a World Series. They haven't been to a World Series either because right. they've been... The Astros have knocked them out every chance they get. Yeah. And, you know, the Yankees' greed knows no bounds. Let's face it there. Um, I don't think the Dodgers' greed knows no knows any bounds either. No, and and the only championship the Dodgers have, I'm sorry to say, I'm sorry to say this, the only championship the Dodgers have since 1988 is a paper championship. Ooh, there's a there's a hot take right there. Um, that is a paper championship. I'm sorry. It was a truncated season. I don't, it just, it doesn't have the same, it doesn't have the same luster as winning a championship in a normal 162 game season. Well, even if it doesn't have the same luster, it doesn't necessarily make it a, a, a false champion. No, I didn't say it was a false championship. I said well, it's a paper champion. Well, um, I will say, um, you know, there was so many aspects that were taken out of the equation. It's like, as far as I'm concerned, we look at, well, just how long it got delayed. Oh, you know, what, a couple of months, wasn't it? It was about two and a half months. Yeah, they got delayed to what, late June? Yeah. And I mean, they had, I know they had July 4th games, but they, they didn't have an all-star game in 2020, did they? No. 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 I didn't. Okay. So, yeah. ooh. Eddie's got a question, and folks, we're going to stay on for a few more minutes before we wrap it up, but I want to hear your thoughts on Ooh. this. Is the starting short stay? No. no. I think it's going to depend on Edmund. There, but this is the thing. The only way that Mason Wynn is going to be the starting shortstop before the end of 2023 is if Tommy Edmund gets moved to second base. There's no way you're going to replace Tommy Allen with Mason Wynn right this season unless no. it's barring a significant, you know. Then what, happens to, then what happens to Brendan? Well, that's what I'm saying. Brendan Donovan is the starting second baseman for now, and I don't see him. Nope. I see the Cardinals infield where they're at is for the long haul. They're not trading Edmund. They're not trading Donovan. An injury is the only likely. Yeah, scenario. That, yeah, no, yeah, Edmund and, and in Donald that case, going anywhere. And even then, even then, they have Gorman. Mm -hmm. They're not going to rush. I don't feel they're going to rush a Mason Win up here. No. You know, you 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 said earlier in the show, Paul or uh, Parker, about um spending. You don't want teams to spend money to spend money. Well, I don't want teams calling up players just to call up players. Exactly. Give them a reason to call Mason Win up. You know. I mean, not yeah, that and, I don't like. And he Mason, says by Mason. September, so I mean, I. Oh, he'll definitely be part of this uh, September expanded roster. Well, if the Cardinals make the postseason, is he on the? Uh, that's a is tough. He on the postseason roster. That's a tough. That's a tough one. There we go. Um. So. I'm 
I'm going to say, based on current projections, I'm going to say no. But that could change. You never know. So before I, mean, I, I can remember, this is going back a few years. I remember with the Mets when Greg Jeffries came up. He, he was actually a Cardinal too for a short period of time. But Greg Jeffries came up with the Mets. He was the he was considered the greatest thing since sliced bread. '88, he came up in the September call-ups, tore it up, hit 400 something, and he made the postseason roster. I don't see the same. I don't see the same thing happening. But yeah, Mason Win. I think they're going to develop Mason Win, and they're going to develop him right. Parker, what do you think about this infield? <laughs> And he he forgot. I don't care is the shortstop. No, I don't give a darn. Yeah, and uh, the uh, the pitcher and catcher were yesterday and today, or today and tomorrow. And I think the uh, outfield was certainly because and absolutely. <laughs> yep. Uh, oh goodness gracious! Well, folks, you know I, I'm really uh, before we go, Park. Before we wrap up tonight's show. Yeah. Bull, all right, this is, you know, our, since opening days, right around the corner, World Series prediction, who we got? Cards, Yankees. You got the Cards and the Yankees? Yep. Who wins? Cards win four games to three. I'm No, I'm serious. Cards, Yankees. Okay. I'm not saying you're wrong. Well, you can't be wrong. It's just, you know, prediction. Yeah. I am... Oof, I've really been trying to think of all these teams and like I got the Cardinals representing the National League in the World Series. All right. So we agree. Um but I I don't see the uh Yankees in the World Series. So that and that's just, you know, my prediction. Um I see it actually as this is going to be a bold one for a lot of people. Uh oh, what the ace? Said bold, not stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I said I got the Cardinals facing off against who their very first opponent in the season is, the Toronto Blue Jays. Oh well, that's that. I could see that happening. And I got the Cardinals in six. All right, now uh, I'm going to make two more bold predictions. Okay. Okay. Number one, when when we play the Orioles, we will be wearing throwback uniforms, and so will the Orioles. Okay. To they, the Orioles will be wearing St. Louis Browns uniforms. That would be nice to see. There's only three living St. Louis Browns players, so that's all. They, really? Wow. And my second, my my second prediction: this will be the A's lame duck year in Oakland. And that's when and that's when they go. The A's are going to Vegas. <sighs> I can't believe it. Um, well, I just want to say, yeah. So Ed Mickelson Frank said I can't believe it when the A's left Philadelphia. Come on now. <laughs> this will be their this will be the A's fourth city. Yeah. But Billy Hunter, Ed Mickelson, and Frank Saucier are the only three um, Billy Hunter's still alive? Yeah. Are he the was only a three base former... coach for the Orioles in the seventies. I remember him. Are the only St. Louis Browns players that are still uh, 
still alive. And Billy Hunter was part of the Don Larson trade, and Don Larson yeah. just died about a year or two ago. Uh huh. And a big shout out to Ed uh, Wheatley and everybody at the St. Louis yes. Historical Society and fan pages and groups to keep the legacy of that team alive. Um, always respect the hard work they put in. Um, so, okay. Programming reminder, Saturday, the next e the next episode of Down the Left Field Line with yours truly and Bentley University broadcaster Robert Marcello. And also for Saturday, um, I don't anticipate it being on at the same time, but uh, at about we're anticipating 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. Um, we're going to have a special WrestleMania edition of Roundabout Sports. Um, wow. Christopher Miles from Issues with Wrestling. Christopher Miles will be on. Our favorite zebra. Yep, our favorite zebra. And we're anticipating a few other very special guests as well to be on the show. So as has he this ever weekend, gotten, has he ever gotten hit or knocked out in any of those matches? Oh yeah. It's, has it really? It's it's enjoyable. Um, so <laughs> and, they, and they all probably go out for beers afterwards. Oh yeah. Um, so with that, folks, we're gonna wrap it up here at Roundabout Sports. Remember, you can follow Interstate 70 Sports Media on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. You can follow Roundabout Sports on Facebook as well. And you can – what's up? I think you can follow it on YouTube too. Yeah, well, I was going to say you can find the Roundabout Sports episodes, all of them. And that includes – that will soon include the now-dubbed Lost Episode, which was the season three premiere – um, which featured Taylor Michelle Coleman, uh, Vince oh, Coleman's daughter. Yeah. And yes, I am for the second week in a row, I am personally cordially inviting Vince Coleman to be a guest on a future episode of the show if he so wishes. Is he to still give his side, well, to give his side of the story on um everything? So um we would love to have you, Vince. So just reach out if you want to be on the show. Yeah, um, but also, Jeremy's a good guy. You should you should yeah. give him a chance to interview you. And uh, for those always as always, we you can for mental health awareness call the NAMI hotline at one 950 NAMI one 950 NAMI, the largest grassroots nonprofit uh, organization on mental health awareness. And as always. We put up the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. Um, understand that you are never alone in the world. There is always somebody out there that loves you and cares about you. And you also have the choice to be that um, voice, those listening ears for somebody else in times. Yeah, I was just going to say the same thing. So we're all in this together and the world just needs a little more love and especially in the trying times that we're going through right now. So um, until next time, folks, he's Parker Bina. I'm the maestro Jeremy Carp. Thank you so much for tuning in to Roundabout Sports. And remember, life is a book full of empty pages just waiting to be written in. Make your lives worth reading. Good night. Good night.